This is The Catcher with Nick and Hato. Welcome to the... Oh, you're not going to have that in? No, I'm going to edit that bit out. It, it was, was nonsense. Well, handbrakes. I'm starting again. What's his handbrakes? You're going to put a lot... You, I mean, that's your signature move, isn't it? A yeah. handbrake? Yeah. Handbrake turn. A drift. That's not what a drift kind of is. Like different guy. things. You can put a handbrake on and... That's how you do it. No, it's not... Ha- no, a handbrake turn and a drift are not no, the no, same thing. No, no, but I think you, ha- you have to chuck your handbrake on when you drift. I don't think you do. I think it locks up the wheels and that's how it happens. No, I don't think so. you got to push the handbrake. No. Have you seen Fast and Furious? No, but I don't think <laughs> that's you how not, it works. You should watch it too. I've seen any of them. There's like eight or nine of them. Really? Now. You've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies? No. That's interesting. I think that's also that's also one of those things like Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, where it's difficult to have not seen it because Fast and Furious- so many of them. They get replayed so much on TV. Mm. Do you know, know, I also don't watch TV really. You know the the um, cord to connect TV to like channel nine and channel seven and stuff is on the other side of the room. Like it was just put uh, yeah. in the worst spot. And when a guy came out, he was like, "Yeah, I can't actually connect this legally to your TV because you could trip over the cord and sue me." And I was like, "Okay, I guess I just won't have TV then." That's fine. You're not missing out on too much. No, it's mostly just Fast and Furious repeats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, today a huge show. Uh, we got Dr. Carl on, and uh, this is a podcast exclusive. Nick, we have a full big old chat with him. That's exciting. Uh, we talked to him about obviously what he's doing, and he's got a new science competition. Any kid listening can enter if you're in primary school or high school. Could win thousands of dollars. Thousands of bucks if you want. For essentially doing your homework. Yeah. Like it's science stuff you probably were going to do anyway. Uh, also, we talked to him about my hair, if my hair should be washed or not, uh, about hot chip science, whether the guy we had on the other day who promised that you know hot chip this technology week, could actually. advance. Yeah. Very scientific week from us. Um, we, got, we got his take on that. All that and more uh, in the Dr. Carl interview coming up in this podcast. Also, but also, he's other stuff. Oh, hit straight. Yeah, the world's best soap opera. Good show today. Uh, we follow up on our heroes who last week looked like they were going to be falling off the edge of a cliff, shooting right down a waterfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to that. Also, a llama, this is true, could end coronavirus. Yeah, right. All that is coming up in today's Catch Up. Get up with Nick and Hato on hit. Uh, the heroes of the COVID-19 panic so far have obviously been nurses and doctors. Yeah. World Health Organization. Sure. Jacinda Ardern is doing pretty good. Yeah, she's up there. I'd say World Health. Uh, Tom Hanks, obviously. He's yep. up there. Uh, he's and well. now we can welcome to that group. Not, Don't say you. Not me. No, because I know you've been saying you off here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about Winter the Llama. Not the season. I mean, no, honestly, a llama called Winter. We should said you. <laughs> you what? No, I'm not talking anything. about a llama because this llama, genuinely, for real, could save the whole world from COVID nineteen. It's though, not a lie. It? No, it's not. It is. No, it's not. I'll tell you why. Because Winter is a four-year-old llama, right? And she's currently being just jabbed with a whole bunch of COVID nineteen stuff. Yeah, right. right? So not... And she's got. Just, hold your horses. Hold your llamas. <laughs> hold, hold your llamas for this one. Uh, she's showing very promising results at producing like proper antibodies for it, for, for, for coronavirus, for the big one. So, what? They've given her coronavirus and just see what happens. Uh, I don't think they've given it to her yet. Okay. But so winter. No, just relax, all right? Don't, don't, I feel like you're coming at winter hard. And she doesn't deserve it. I, I agree. She doesn't deserve this. She's getting jabbed <laughs> with needles. Pointlessly. She. How is it pointless? She's trying to solve coronavirus. But they're not giving it to her. No, okay. So look, she's already beaten uh, SARS. <sighs> you know, the big big SARS disease. She's beaten that. Got antibodies for that. Mm. And also a disease called MERS, which I've sort of heard of. I don't really know what it is. Yeah. Another big one. Uh, and they're, yeah, about to pump her full of COVID-19. See if she can beat it. And uh, everyone's very excited about this one specific llama. Because I imagine she's not the only llama. 
that we've been just jabbing with diseases. Yeah, awful if it bad luck for her. Yeah, um, but she shows. is the one who seems to be like very promising results. Uh, also, there's a hamster involved. They're gonna. He's the one administering <laughs> the needles. <laughs> they're gonna also give it like so. They're gonna give they'll winter the llama's antibodies to a hamster mm. to see if it could possibly work on human beings. So I guess maybe... Are we, are we similar to hamsters, are we? Know, I don't know. That's where my it? science knowledge ends. I assume there's probably some point, I would have to assume, Nick, that there is some point to giving a hamster coronavirus. I would imagine that it will be helpful in some <laughs> way. Just pissing around in the lab. I, I don't think that they're just giving... Although, what a time to be a scientist. I bet you this is what they're doing. I bet you yeah. they're giving it, give it to the llama, to the hamster, from the hamster to like a fly, from the fly to a gecko, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like that whole... I knew an old lady who swallowed a cow. <laughs> and then eventually, by the end of it, hopefully, hopefully we've got a cure. Get up with Nick and Hato on CQ's Hit. Give us a ring right now, 13, 12, 16. Uh, be crap Mother's Day gifts. Yep. Have you got one or have you given one? Because with Mother's Day on Sunday mm. and people have only just been allowed out to shop in the last week or so for like the unnecessary stuff, yep. the non-essentials. Um, there's going to be some dodgy gifts that get given. Oh, yeah. And this has got to go with the tradition of Mother's Day every year. Because mm. everyone, I think, a lot of people leave it to last minute. And, you know, a lot of gifts are not very good that you mum might cop. Um, I know that in primary school, you know how you used to have like those little stalls where you go in with like a $5 note and you'd see what you can get mum. Yeah. Just so you have something to give to her. And there's some true, utter garbage that you give her. Yes, mugs and stuff. I think, I remember one year I got mum a ceramic uh garden gnome that was a shape of a dog that held the welcome sign. And mum's like, oh, this is <laughs> lovely. Oh, I can't wait to... And she hid it in the garden and now it's sort of buried in amongst all this like overgrown bush. <laughs> and it's just, it has not it has not received the respect that it was no, owed, I believe. That's very funny. When I was a kid, I gave my... I think I must have seen it on like some like art attack, you know, those art shows? Sure, yeah. Uh, where you could scrunch up uh, alfoil, like sort of aluminum foil, and you scrunch up and it becomes like a moon rock. And you use it for like to pretend it's a moon rock. Anyway, for, for Mother's Day one, Mate, I was what? four. I was four or five. Oh, okay. Anyway, for Mother's Day one year, I gave my mum a shoebox full of moon rocks, which was just crumpled up bits of alfoil. You gave your mum trash. Yeah, she loved it though. You, you, I put time into that. I put time did. and effort into those moon rocks. Scrunching up that alfoil. Yeah, it's Look, it was like three dollars worth of foil right there. Give us a call thirteen twelve sixteen. Have you had a crap Mother's Day gift? If you've given it, mm. or have you received it as a mum, dobbing your kids right now. We've got Caleb on the line. Now, Caleb, have you given a crap Mother's Day gift yourself? Oh, I think so, yeah. Uh, what is it? Well, I was probably 13 or 14, sure. and Mother's Day was coming up, and um, my sister was living away at the time. And, um, yeah, so we all set out to get Mother's Day presents, and we didn't tell anyone what was what we were getting there and that. Yeah. Anyway, mum mum ended up with three Gordon Ramsay cookbooks. <laughs> three of the exact same cookbook? Exactly the same. <laughs> that is why communication is key. That is absolutely perfect. Uh, did she did she ever use even just the one copy? Like did she get any use out of any of them? Oh, she kept one and then gave one to her mum and then one to my dad's mum saying that she got it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, honestly, not a bad gift because you get the chance to re-gift. Caleb, you're a legend. Thank you for the call. Uh, we've got Robin right now. Robin, have you given or have you received a bit of a crap Mother's Day gift? Um, actually, my daughter, she got some pocket money to spend at the school school and she bought me a jar of cookies. 
But yeah. when I got it, it was empty. <laughs> <laughs> she ate them. So you got given was it a, <laughs> an empty jar a full of jar. crumbs, maybe? Yeah, was it a, a nice jar yeah. at all, Robin? Oh, it was just one of the standard ones you get yeah, for, you right. know, storing stuff in your kitchen. How old was she? Uh, she was grade one. Right. Okay. Did she think she'd so, gotten away with that? Did she think, oh, yeah, I'm just going to give mum a jar. She'll love it. Mum and I'll loves the cookies. Well, she she told me that there was cookies inside, but she couldn't help herself. <laughs> she okay. was honest about it. Well, okay, that's good. <laughs> did she replace that at all? Like, did she go, oh, maybe I'll make you some cookies? Or is it just cop that jar, mum? No, it was just the jar. Yeah, yep. fair enough. Yeah, I was look, trying to look for redemption for your daughter, but it wasn't there. Hopefully she treats you a little bit better this Sunday. Have a great Mother's Day, Robin. Thank you. Instagram. Instagram's telling me everything. Nick and Hado are on Instagram. Follow at HitCQ. It is Hit Street O'Clock. Yes, sir. The world's best soap opera, of course. Indeed. Everyone's favourite. We'll chuck the microphones up to the telly in our studio here. We'll flick the TV on and we'll tune in and just gives us a chance to sit back and enjoy a good TV it show. It gives us a well-earned break. It's been a long week. <laughs> the longest on a record, I think. The longest short week there ever was. Last week, if you missed uh, the episode... Richie McGrabbins and Zoe Keeper, the zookeeper. Uh, and Very they're, clever, they're, by the way. It is genius. The genius show. Yeah. Uh, and their friend... Queen Kong, who's a, a giant, gorilla, yeah. also very clever, because it's a lady gorilla. <laughs> uh, they're trying to put Queen Kong back to where she belongs. She's been released from the zoo, uh, trying to find her family. You know, that's the, uh, the their motive. Yeah, well, right now they're trying to uh, make their way through the jungle. I think mm. when we last left them, they were in a river, heading straight for a waterfall. They're that's about to fall right. off the edge. Yeah, they were going desperately, uh, di- sorry, dangerously close to the <sighs> falling off a waterfall. Do you think they survive this? There's no way they will. No, I, I, How are they going to get out of this They're going to die. I sure. don't see it. This is going to be the end of the series. I think they're going to die. Uh, let's look on the telly. Uh, Wrong channel. What station? Oh, here it is. Mystery. Betrayal. It's all just another day on Hit Street. Oh, we're too close. We can't turn. How hard a Queen Kong. I'm trying. Current's too strong. We're getting too close to the edge. I think this is it, gang. Before we go, I, I want you to know that I've always loved you. Oh, Zoe, I love you too. Oh, I was, I was talking to Queen Kong. How embarrassing. What? How do we... Queenie, did you save us? Queenie, not save us. Look, strange man, save us. Hello there. Been a while since I've had any visitors. Thank you so much for saving us. Who are you? <laughs> That's okay. Who am I? Just the guy who bloody runs this forest. And guess what? What? Well, thanks for guessing. Um, actually, you're trespassing, so I'm going to tie you up now. Say what? Wow. Crazy. <laughs> that's a, that's a, one of the best episodes I've seen so far. Who was this guy? I like this new guy. I like his voice. He sounds a little little insane, doesn't he? He does. He's, well, he's going to tie him up. I mean, that doesn't bode well for the gang. I mean, no one at home can see, but we can obviously see the telly. And he's all, he's dressed in rags. Yeah. Um. So he seems properly nuts. And his, uh, his eyes sort of look in both directions. <laughs> a strange detail. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I like to see. Do you think he's evil or do you think he's good? He I guess he's going to tie him up. But he has a nice vibe about him. I guess we'll have to find out next week. I guess we will. Get up with Nick and Hado on CQ's Hit. When people think of classic Australian characters, mm-hmm. they think of, you know, 
Caffing Kim. Yep. And they think of uh, Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. That's what they think of. And I've got you. I've got you a guy that I think is probably more iconic than those uh, <laughs> really? three there, and probably oh. he's in the ballpark. I think Crocodile Dundee would look up to him. Really? Yeah, I reckon Paul Hogan should get on the blow to this bloke and say, "How'd you do it?" Great. Because we've got a man from the Northern Territory, yeah. man from Darwin, who has defended himself against a three-meter-long crocodile in the most Australian way possible. Right. Uh, poked him in the eye with an Australian flag. <laughs> no. like speared him with it. Dare I say it more Australian than that? Really? It doesn't involve a... him giving a, the crocodile a Southern Cross tattoo. Okay, hit him in the face with a thong. He hit him in the face con- with something. The man's name was Jaden Stockbridge. He's a 30-year-old who was doing some fishing uh, at the start of this week on Monday. Yeah. And uh, the his boat locked up, the throttle on his boat locked, sent him speeding out of control, smashes into mangroves mm. in the area he was fishing in. He got knocked out cold for three minutes. Right. The crash was so heavy that it ripped out the center of the boat. Oh, my God. He was stranded in there. And in the mangroves, in the area that he was, that's not a place you want to be, mate. That's where crocs live. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, We're in Darwin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he wakes up to see a three-meter-long croc staring him down, Jeez. looking at him going, geez, I can't wait to make old Jaden a snack. Just making hard eye contact. Yeah. Just staring down. I didn't think crocodiles did that. I thought they would kind of like creep around and then snap at you. I imagine I it was probably stared sitting you down. nearby. Yeah. I don't know. This is a, this is all just Jaden's recount. He's put a bit of mayo on it, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, Croc probably wanted to put a bit of mayo on him because he's thinking, this is a good looking guy. Yep. Can't wait to get him in my belly. Yeah. Uh, Jaden then proceeds to defend himself in the Aussiest way possible by pulling out his stubbies that he'd been on the boat with. <laughs> Handful of mid-strength beers. And he pulls them out. Yeah. And like a rocket arm, like a fast one from Brett Lee himself. Yeah. So that's... Hurling them at the crocodile. Just full bottles of beer? The crocodile has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> crocodile is scared. Yeah. Maybe he's scared of mid-strength beer. Maybe mm. he prefers lighter stuff. Who knows? Maybe he likes the hard stuff. Who knows? Yeah, it's hard to say. Could be a cider croc. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what it is. Yeah. And the crocodile, so scared and caught off guard, the crocodile slithers back into the water. Mm. Jaden manages to get to his phone in time, calls the cops. They come out to rescue him promptly. They arrested the crocodile, I assume. Ever- <laughs> Would have been got away scot-free, that croc. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I imagine they're probably they're probably still looking for him. Yeah, uh, Jaden has gone out on the water. He's keen to get back out and start fishing more. He's uh, got himself a torn bicep and a broken nose from the crash. Well, I or assume did he tear the bicep from throwing the beers so hard. And that's the best thing that we can assume, right? <laughs> Potentially, they should do this uh, in Gladstone at the moment. There's a beach closed. Yeah, right. Maybe we should just get an esky down there and <laughs> just start <laughs> hurling beers to clear up Spinnaker Park Beach. I got Facebook. Keep up with Nick and Hado on Facebook. Search Hit Central Queensland. Nick, I'm very excited to chat to this man. He has written about a thousand books. He's got a million university qualifications and degrees. He's a national treasure, radio legend. It's Dr. Carl, of course. Good morning, Dr. Carl. Good morning, Dr. Nick and Dr. Hado. (laughs) Honorary doctors. That's what I like to hear, at least for this segment as well. Uh, Dr. Carl, we're excited to have you here. I know plenty of kids across Australia are keen to get involved. Uh, you know, everyone's doing a little bit of work from home at the moment, but all because of Australian Museum's Sleep Geeks Science Eureka Prize. The entries are open right now. What are these kids making videos of? We've been reading about this. Uh, well, Australia is the driest inhabited continent on Earth. Wow. So we've chosen the theme of water. So make a 90-second video on water. And then the primary school kids can win thousands of dollars. And in a separate category, the high school kids can win 
thousands of dollars. Wow. And I'll give you the secret on how to make an interesting video based on what I've seen so far. I oh, can't good. give away any clues, but yeah. here we go. So what you want to do is, is it, well, it's a three-part uh, description. You know, everything comes in threes, like sure. there's three sides to a triangle and three days to the week, yes, according to the country and Western singers, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, oh, this yep. one worse than the one before it. Sure. So, yeah. So in this case, we're going to go for uh, part one, start off with something that grabs their attention. In the trade, we call it the hook. Mm. Part two, give them a nice explanation so they get learnified and get edumacated. And everybody feels good <laughs> at getting edumacated. Yeah. Sure. And then part three, um, finish with a joke. Boom, boom, there you are. Uh, end on a high. Dollars. Okay, yeah. I like that. That's not too bad. Hey, Dr. Carl, just quickly, uh, you said at the top there that uh, Australia is the driest, most inhabited, uh, so mo- driest inhabited continent. Did you know, Dr. Carl, that Antarctica is actually the most driest? Did you know that? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, but he it's said inhabited. Uh, you know. Yeah, no, but that, did that impress you? Did my, my fact impress you, Dr. Carl? Very good. Thank you. Where you expose your skin mm-hmm. naked to a temperature change of 300 degrees. What do you mean? Like, wait, like Celsius? Fahrenheit. Oh, Fahrenheit. Well, okay, that Come makes on, it a bit more impressive. <laughs> so, what, you go from like a sauna to freezing cold? You've got it. So, on a day at the South Pole, literally the South Pole, when the government meteorologist says that the air temperature is colder than minus 100 Fahrenheit. Wow. Uh, a bunch of naked people, apart from shoes, go into the sauna and crank the temperature up to plus 200 Fahrenheit. Right. Now, that's about 90-something degrees C, and you'll survive providing you can sweat. Providing you're hydrated enough to sweat, the sweat then evaporates, and you're okay. What, what you happens if you can't sweat? Trouble. You die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just, like, explode or something? What happens? You die of dehydration. Your blood begins to clog oh, and you God. can't pump it through your heart and then you die of heart failure. Yeah. But you keep on sweating. So you're sitting there, you're well hydrated, you're wearing nothing but shoes. Um, and then once you've been there for a few minutes, then everybody leaves the sauna and then trots out into the complete darkness because they're in the middle of winter there sure. and there's no sunlight. <laughs> they trot around the South Pole and so their skin sees a temperature change of plus 200 to minus 100, and then you're a member of the uh, 300 Club. Wow. Now, that's going to be a lot to include in a 90-second video. (laughs) Probably don't recommend doing that for the kids trying to enter the competition. You're supposed to be at home still. But there is a link with water because they're in a sauna. Mm. So anything to do with water, anything, like you might get some Mentos as an experiment and drop them into some sparkling water with carbonation in it, and suddenly it erupts everywhere and the answer is yes it does but why mm-hmm. or you can do the famous m&m experiment where you get four m&ms of different colors and then you put them into water uh, a bowl of water and the water dissolves the sugar and the colors start bleeding towards each other and here's the weird thing the colors start heading towards each other but when they get in contact, they kiss each other, but they do not mingle. Why do they not oh. mingle? What the heck is going on there? Or you could do the experiment where, a separate experiment, where you get a toothpick and you put it on the water. Yeah. It just flows there. It's made of wood. Nothing's going on. Mm. It looks at you. You look at it. And then you drop one tiny drop of shampoo or detergent at one end, and then it takes off chasing the detergent. Where does the energy come from to make that happen? So many things you can do with water. Very seen, cool. So obviously these are some of the things that you might have seen in videos so far. And I imagine, Dr. K, you've probably seen 
like quite a few entries already. Do you ever see stuff in these things from kids when you work with them and, you know, do this sort of a uh, competition? Do you ever see things that still surprise you? Cause you've been doing it for a little while now. Oh yeah. Um, well, there's an old saying in physics, it's not the answer that gets you the Nobel Prize, it's the question. And these kids are coming up with such inventive things. So all we need is a 90-second video handed into the website at the Australian Museum, look up Australian Museum and Slee Geeks, put it in there, and you're on the way, if you do it by the 15th of May, you've still got time, you're on the way to winning thousands of dollars. And, you get to, awesome. and maybe they can even get a new career because based on their filming skills and their promotion skills, they might then take on a career as a social influencer on Instagram <laughs> and should Nick, Dr. Nick and Dr. Haddo decide to come out with Dr. Nick and Dr. Haddo's sparkling teas, one of these people will come to you and say, hey, I hear you got some sparkling teas. Give me $5,000 and I'll tell you how good it is on Instagram. <laughs> I, although I do believe that with the COVID thing, the price of social influencers has gone from $5,000 down to $2,000 for a retweet. Yeah, no, no one cares Appro- approximately. Table. Hey, still, hey, it's still good money. Mm. Um, and it's good to know that you are still learning some stuff from these videos. Kids are showing you, so they can feel like they're you know are in charge. They're asking good questions. As an adult, having done it for a bit, you mean we're still learning all the time, Doctor Carl. I want to know what have you learned recently? Because I imagine you know we're in isolation. We've got a lot of time. We're probably doing a lot of reading. Is there anything that jumps to mind that you know you've educated yourself on lately? Well, yeah, I was looking for the comet the other morning. Did you go looking for the comet that's coming past? I think that was, what, uh, early Wednesday? Yeah, I missed it. I was in bed. Yeah, it's still <laughs> going there. It's still going. Yes, you just go out to look at it. Okay. Um, anyway, so I went out to look at it, and I, did, I wasn't too sure where to look, um, but I found, eventually found it with the binoculars, and then I was talking with one of my physics friends, and he said, well, it's pretty obvious it's in the plane of all the other planets at the moment. It's not above all the other planets in the solar system or below. It's coming from way outside the solar system from a light year away and whizzing through the solar system at incredibly high speed, you know, many you know, 30, 100 kilometres per second. It's really moving fast. Um, and he said at the moment, it's in the plane of the other planets. So all they have to do is find any other planets and just draw a line. So there's Jupiter and Saturn and Mars, just draw a line from them, and it's along that line somewhere. And I thought, hang on, does that work? Yeah. Well, oh, my God, why did I ever think of that? So I learned something new. There you go. Good Always thing, learning, yeah. Dr. Carl. Yeah, Dr. Carl, just before we uh, do say goodbye to you, and thank you again for joining us, we have a couple of questions that just off air we've been uh, you know, asking ourselves. <laughs> Would love to get your take on them. My good friend Hayden here, he is a man with quite long hair, yeah. um, which I don't believe he is responsibly looking after. <laughs> he does not use shampoo whatsoever, and he insists that his hair takes care of itself. It now, does, Dr. Carl. Is there any merit to this? Does it smell? No, it doesn't. So I, what I do, I, well, do, I do rinse it. I rinse it thoroughly. It has a musk. And No, it doesn't have a musk. And, uh, you know, the oils and stuff, after... Uh, you know, you stop watching it and then it, it gets a bit weird. But then after a few days, it sort of resets and it, everything's fine. Ah. Okay. <laughs> well, providing the hair mm-hmm. is not stinky smelly, mm. then they've set, you've set up a nice little ecosystem <laughs> where the bacteria take care of it. They eat the stuff that they eat, they eat other bacteria. But the bottom line is if it doesn't smell, Mate, you've done good. Yay! A little ecosystem in your hair. I don't know if we should be encouraging so this. So what you're saying is, Dr. Carl, I'm correct, and shampoo is a scam? For some people, but <laughs> on the other hand, I did learn something from my daughter, yeah. which is, and this is a new word. If you come across this word, here it comes, volumizer. Volumizer, okay. 
Have you heard that word before? I think so. I, does it mean that it just makes your hair more big? Big? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never come across this word, and so my daughter gave me a long explanation about the importance of the volumizing properties of different shampoos. Sure. Oh, right, of course. And you know, using... I, I, didn't, I knew nothing about this, so I learned that from my daughter the other day. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's actually one of the reasons I stopped using shampoo, because it made my hair too wide. It makes my hair too oh, big. Oh, yeah, you can't walk through doors anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was so big and robust and buffy and everything, yes. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Dr. Carl, this is something we spoke at the start of the week to uh, a hot chip scientist, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that he asked us not to call him that repeatedly. Yeah, he said specifically, please, I'm not a hot chip scientist. But he, Stop calling me that. He's a man that works for the famous chip company McCain, and they've been working in the lab on this one for a little while to develop a hot chip that can be delivered without going soggy, a chip that stays crisp forever. Mm. Now, we asked for the science on it. He said he couldn't give it to us. He's very tight-lipped, said it was all super secret. Dr. Carl, do you think it's possible, or do you think it's a bit of a scam? What sort of scientist were they? Was it Darren from Facebook, or was it somebody who'd been to university? I'm going to say it was probably closer to a Darren from Facebook. Oh, no, I reckon a middle ground. He worked, he worked with McCain. It's a big company. That's something. But what was his training? <laughs> That's very true. He, he wouldn't tell us. We really should have questioned this a bit more. I yeah. just got sent a yeah. phone number. <laughs> there, there are people who fit into the category called a food chemist. Yeah. Okay. And it's very skilled work. And they use words like, now you might not have heard these two words together, mouth feel. Oh, yeah. I love a bit of mouth feel. Have you heard that? that, that oh, yeah. I'm all about that phrase? it. Yep. Yeah. So the mouth feel is a very important characteristic of the food. So some chocolates have the mouth feel of candle wax, but other chocolates just melt mm. in your mouth. Mm. Right? So depending on whether they were a food chemist or whether, I don't know, but certainly it's something that they don't want to work with. But I didn't know that McCain made hot chips. I thought they made the cold chips that came in packets. Oh, they do, I think. The idea, I think, behind it, Dr. Carl, was that they could create a chip that once it was heated up, it wouldn't get soggy. Like it it just, what do they call it? The the Evercrisp? Yeah, Evercrisp or Uh, something. Or maybe Neversog. (laughs) Something like that. they, they do something to it and then put it into a packet and then at home you'd probably microwave it and nevertheless, even though it was microwaved, it would come out crisp as though it had been fried That's, instead yeah. of having to fold, dip it in oil. That's, Interesting. Wow. Now, that would be a breakthrough from the food chemist's point of view, wouldn't it? I, I don't know. I think so, yeah. I, they, they might have stumbled onto something. That's, that's got us all scratching our heads. Something to uh, keep your eye on, Dr. Carl. That is awesome. Yeah, look, I'll get back to that guy and ask about the training. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a fair question. Yep. Dr. Carl, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Kids across Australia should be getting involved in the Aussie Museum's Sleek Geeks Science Eureka Prize. Entries are open right now. You can score yourself thousands of dollars in cash just by doing a video that almost is like a fun version of homework. Dr. Carl, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dr. Nick and Dr. Hado. That was the Nick and Hado catch up. Listen live weekdays from 6am on HITS.